0: Hello and welcome to Soaring to New Heights. This is your one-stop shop for all things women's footy in the brown and gold. My name is Tim and I'm joined by my co-host Liam. Liam, how are you going? I'm going really
1: well, Tim. Over the moon that we've got a really good reason to talk tonight.
0: Yes, we finally have a fixture announcement, which is wonderful. At one stage there, Liam, I thought it might have been like the TV show, The Amazing Race. You know, you have to win one game to find out where your next venue will be. But thankfully, that wasn't the case, and we're here to break it down for you and to give our first thoughts on the fixture. So tonight, we're going to look at the fixture in terms of some of the games we're going to be playing. It's going to be 10 rounds. Uh, There's still no CBA, but at least we have a future. Now, Liam, in terms of still no CBA, we are currently seven weeks, seven weeks out from the start of the season, and there's still no CBA. As someone who has a legal background, can you talk us through that?
1: So my understanding is that there's an MOU memorandum of understanding that the old terms from the last CBA will roll over if there's no CBA agreed that that's also been confirmed publicly by the AFL, although it's obviously a massive labor relations issue. Um, the AFL have said, interestingly, there's a commitment to elongate Paul Marsh, the AFLPA C- C- CEO has said the AFL have committed to from next season, elongating the season. Um, I'm in the, I'll believe that when I see it camp with the AFL, but yeah, I'm, I mean, we have this podcast for a reason and I'm getting really, really impatient for season eight now.
0: Absolutely. Season eight's on our doorstep. And in terms of see it when we believe it, Liam, it's like pigs flying. It's one of those things that you have to see to believe. Now, in terms of the, uh, I guess, the breakdown of the games, there's going to be five games that are played in Melbourne. We've got three interstate trips coming up for Season 8. We have one game played in Geelong, and then we have a game at Mars Stadium in Ballarat. Now, in terms of our five games in Melbourne, four of those are actually home games that we are playing out of Kinetic Stadium, formerly known as Skybar Stadium, which became a bit of a fortress for us with our two wins in Season 7 coming against the West Coast Eagles, and also against Port Adelaide in back-to-back succession. Now, when we say a time, it is Melbourne-Canberra time, so Australian Eastern time with daylight savings where it is appropriate because we know that when the season begins, Liam, daylight savings is just around the corner.
1: Yeah, it's about, after about around four or five, I haven't checked the calendar yet, but that will also impact, you know, we've got a game in Cairns, one of our home games against Richmond, we'll talk about it later we got a game in Perth, obviously. So it is worth being aware that when we say a time, that's the time zone we mean. And that's just because that was what was on my AFL app when I was preparing the rundown for tonight.
0: So it is going to be a fascinating watch over the next seven weeks as we start to look forward to the season beginning. Now, in terms of looking at, I guess, our thoughts on the the draw, Liam, and our our thoughts on the fixtures that have been announced, the first thing that, that came to my mind is... We're now going to be playing our home games from Kinetic Stadium over in Frankston. And if we think about the squad that we have, we know that we have a bit of pace. We know we have excellent endurance runners and we know that Kinetic Stadium has no wings. So it's going to be a (laughs) fascinating watch in terms of how we are able to, to line up and in terms of our structure on the field. So that was one thing that came to mind when I noticed that our home games are going to be played there. And it's a bit of a shame. That uh, Box Hill City Oval, while I know it's not always the greatest ground in terms of fan viewing, it is wonderful in terms of that suburban heartland in and around the uh, near the Hawthorne area. So it's a shame that they don't have any games. The next thing that stood out to me, Liam, is we play our old foe in round one and it's not at Marvel Stadium. Last season, we had it at Marvel Stadium. It was meant to be at ETU Stadium over in Port Melbourne. The 6,000 tickets sold out like hotcakes. And they moved it to Marvel and we had close to 13,000 people under the roof, which was a huge crowd, inaugural game. And I think, what a wonderful opportunity to move it to Marvel again because we know that if you move it there, people will come. People will yeah. come. Now, Marvel Stadium is more central, which means you're going to be able to get people from all sides of Melbourne being able to actually come to watch the game. And if it's a seven ten kickoff, Think about those people that might live in the West or those Hawthorne AFLW supporters that might live in the country. Getting across to Frankston uh, on a Saturday night might not be the easiest of things. So that was the second thing that stood out for me. And then I guess the uh, the third thing I wanted to point out, Liam, is in terms of the fixture next year, oh, sorry, next season that's coming up. I love that we are actually taking one of our games to Cairns. Now you might be sitting there Hawthorne supporters going, why in heaven's name are you taking it to Cairns? But the team has just come back from a preseason training camp in Cairns where they've won the hearts of the locals up there. They went to schools. They went to local AFLW clubs, being able to impart some of the knowledge that they've got on the next generation of young people and young players coming through. And I think what a wonderful opportunity for them to be able to get into another heartland and to tap into another market. Because all of a sudden, top end of Queensland don't have a team. Yep. Get him on board. Greta Bodie came from there. That's where she started her AFLW career. So yep. why not? Get him on board. Wonderful opportunity. Boost memberships. Take a game up to Cairns. Get that uh, get that support coming through as well. So that was three big takeaways for me uh, when I looked at the draw.
1: Yeah, all really good takeaways. And I think when when we come to round one, Move It to Marvel's is going to get a few more mentions, and we're starting to get to it on the socials. And the point you made about Kansas is excellent as well. I think we put up on our socials, you know, look at that room. You want to know why the AFLW matters? Look at the room where those, look at the people those players are speaking to. If you don't think the AFLW matters after looking at that room, I can't help you. But when I've had a look at the fixture, I've I've had a few other takeaways and Liam being Liam, I've made a spreadsheet. <laughs> so... Um, our draw is a lot harder than last year. There's no, I don't think there's any getting around that. We play five finals teams, including all three that we played last year, plus two more. Uh, we play three of the three other teams that beat us last year. And then we played two others. And one of whom I would say we're comfortably better than another will be a pretty good game, I think. So by opponent plus minus from last year. So I ranked, every, I grabbed every single team's plus minus aggregate from last year and then ranked them against all the teams that were playing for that week. Our draw comes out as the third hardest in the AFLW by opposition plus minus. Uh, from Let me check my numbers, actually. I've got my spreadsheet here. Uh, our net opponent plus minus is plus 302, with only North Melbourne and Adelaide having harder draws. Um, we're one of only three teams. The other two are North Melbourne and Adelaide, who, by the way, were last season's preliminary finalists to play both of last year's grand finalists. And we got a lot of travel with two games in what you'd call regional Victoria, a Cairns trip, a Sydney trip, which we'll talk about, and a Perth trip. And that is a lot of travel, and I don't just mean for me as a Canberra resident who is going to be up and down like a yo-yo going to
0: games.
1: (laughs) But it's going to be a great challenge this season. going to have a lot to learn. And I think the crew are going to learn a lot, even if results may not flow, just given how hard this draw is. This is harder than even I expected it to be. Mm. But it's going to be a great learning opportunity. And it may be one of those seasons where results don't necessarily look that great, but by goodness, is it going to set us up for a couple of years down the line?
0: I think it's a wonderful challenge. As you said, and a great chance to be able to learn. If you think about the young players coming through, obviously you've got your jazz Flemings, you've got your Charlotte Baskerins, you've got your Bridie hip your Tamara Smith. You've got, we've got this young contingent of players that we've got there. And you throw in Greta Bodie, you throw in Emily Bates. You've got some of that experience that's there and, if we want to be challenging for a flag and we want to be pushing that top eight, it's a wonderful chance to be able to play. And I think playing at at grounds like, you know, at uh, the old skilled park at GMHBA stadium, I think it will actually be quite a, quite a wonderful opportunity for the team because in terms of that, we know that GMHBA is a longer ground. It's a, it's a lot narrower similar to what Connecticut is. So it might almost feel like home about to say, sounds like Frankston. Now, in terms of round one, Liam, the home game is, at the moment, scheduled for Kinetic Stadium in Frankston, and it's against our old foe, the Bombers, who, uh, unfortunately, uh, got the better of us in round one last season. Now, first round's meant to start Saturday, the 2nd of September at 7.15pm, and it's a wonderful chance for us to get revenge because if you go back to... Round one last year, the team had seven weeks to gel together to be able to try and form some bonds, combinations, the works, and they did a tremendous job. It wasn't until about the last 10 minutes of the last quarter uh, where the Bombers were able to get on top and unfortunately get the chocolates.
1: Yeah, they they had a Matty Prasparkas. We now have an Emily Bates to counter that, but it's going to be, I think it's going to be an interesting game. Uh, both sides are a lot stronger. Than last year, they've bolstered their backline. We know what, we, obviously, we know what we've done. We're not going to repeat it on and on though, as much as we would like to. Um, they've also got Georgia Nanshuan—I probably butchered that last name—who is a hard-nosed midfielder coming back from ACL. So it's going to be an interesting game. Both teams are a lot stronger than last year. It's going to be a fascinating one. And move it to Marvel 2.0 starts right here, right now. As far as I'm concerned,
0: absolutely. And I think if you get the uh, if you get the game moved to Marvel you get a wonderful opportunity to be able to get 10,000 plus inside a stadium that the AFL owns. So it's not like the AFL have to go to great lengths to be able to put on the event. And I think the atmosphere inside Marvel last year with 12,000 was absolutely tremendous. When we kicked our first goal to Sophie Locke, the roof almost came off and it was a wonderful moment to be there and to be able to celebrate it. And I think if we're able to move games like this to Marvel, where you've got two Storage rivals coming up against each other it's a perfect opportunity to be able to grow the game and that's what we here at soaring to New Heights are all about because we want to see the AFLW continue to grow and I know Liam there was a, a comment made by a former AFL player earlier this week on Twitter that uh, that you happened to come across and what the what the player was saying we won't name the player We don't want to give him any more airtime than than he deserves but he was saying that The AFL should be taking this uh, competition a lot more seriously than they are. When you think about it, games like this should be moved to these better venues. We know from talking to the players last season when they came on the podcast, playing at Marvel Stadium meant they were playing under the best playing conditions, which meant they were able to showcase their skills to the best of their ability in the best conditions on the best grounds that we have to offer. It's a no-brainer. 100%.
1: 100%. You own the stadium. It's sitting there doing nothing. It probably costs no more than to get the game than to play the game there. You'll generate a lot more revenue with fans coming in. And if the AFL actually wants to take this competition seriously and you know promote its growth, how about opening it up to an ex- more accessible venue, get more eyeballs on it, and you're going to get people hook, line, and sinker when they see round one, perfect conditions, fast-moving footy, two teams that aren't particularly fond of each other, to put it mildly, It was I still get goosebumps. The hairs in the back of my neck still stand up when I think about last year. Yeah, Marvel Stadium also nearly flooded with fans' tears, I think, when Sophie Locke kicked that goal. Like that was the most one of the most incredible moments in my 24 years following football. Just it'd be I like Kinetic Stadium. It's not a bad venue. But Marvel Stadium, move it to Marvel, starts right here, right now. If you go to my personal social media, it's you know descended into a bit of 90s disco references to try and get (laughs) the game moved but whatever it takes i'll do and i think you're in
0: the same boat timmy absolutely so in round two we take on the dogs and that is in ballarat at mars stadium on sunday the 10th of september at 105 p.m so that'll actually be a home game for me liam that's only a 50 minute trip up the road so it's a, a close one for myself to be able to take the girls to watch it. Uh, it's another team who beat us last year, and once again a chance for us to avenge that. And we played them in torrential rains at Boxhill Box Hill City Oval that day.
1: Yeah, um, that's a day that we might actually need to talk about at some point on another podcast, because um, that day is quite influential in why we're here right now. But yeah, another chance to avenge defeat. There was horrendous conditions last year. Ballarat may may well be no better, I you Ballarat can turn up some weather but um, I think it's going to be a fascinating game and for those who aren't members number one get your membership and get in for just having bought a membership and number two Emily Bates the Ellie Blackburn will be worth the price of admission on its
0: own absolutely two genuine superstars of the competition going head to head in round three we head off to Perth to take down the Dockers hopefully and that'll be on the sixteenth of September at five o five PM, uh, that trip to Perth. We're coming off a six day break, uh, and both these teams will be a lot better than the last time we played them.
1: Yeah, because I mean, last year we were, we suffered injuries and school exams. The Dockers were decimated by injury last year with a combination of losing players before the season, during the season. Basically, it seemed like not, it seemed like if a freer player sneezed, they'd get a six week injury. It seemed at different points. Last year, That's losing awesome. Amy, they've lost Amy Franklin, which would be a big gut punch for them because she's a really good forward. But at the end of the day, they are going to both teams are going to be better. It's going to be, a, I think it's going to be a fascinating contest. I think the Dockers are a team who could really rise this year, but also if they have a bit of bad luck, which they've already had, mind you, um, they might be around the same position as last year. And it, I think it's going to be a really interesting game. The six day break and travel to Perth. I think is going to be a really interesting one. I haven't actually checked what the Dockers are doing in round two. That would have been good preparation, Liam, but you know, is what it is. Um, yeah, it's going to be an interesting one. I think round three it's another it's another game where if you're a gambler, we probably start underdogs. That would be three for three so far. But it's I think it's one of the most interesting games we're going to have on our calendar. Is one that I would say is winnable in the right conditions, depending on what happens with Freer because they could Freer could be anything this year, as far as I'm concerned. They could be fifth or sixth,
0: or they could be 16th. Interesting you say that, Liam, because that sounds like our team could be anything this year. I still reckon we'll make the top eight, and I'm sticking to that one. We now move to round four, where we host the Ds at Frankston. And for all of you supporters who are sitting there taking a big gulp, it is going to be an absolutely massive challenge. And this game takes place on Friday, the 22nd of September at 5.05 p.m. And clearly the AFL have learned nothing about game times because Friday night slash afternoon at 5.05 is an awful time to be getting anywhere uh, in and around Melbourne. Yeah, much less
1: to Frankston. Um, Disclosure, I'm probably going to try and take Friday off work so I can get down from Canberra for the game. Well, who am I kidding? I'm going to try and get down to all the games. Um, (laughs) But yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll say now, I think Melbourne are winning the premiership this year. They're my tip. I have a big watch on them to go unbeaten. To be honest, they're just so good. And this is a game where I don't care about the result. As strange as that's going to sound to the supporter. I just want to see how this team performs. This will be a great litmus test for our young side. And it's going to be a really interesting one. They're going to get a watch. They're going to get to watch some of the best players in the competition going at it across all lines. The Ds have retained all their premiership players bar Daisy Pierce. It's going to be a big challenge. But I just want to see the crew crack in. At the end of the day, all we're going to be able to judge them on this game for and the next one is effort. But we've got this game and the next one. Let's just say it's a couple of difficult home games.
0: Yeah, look, they're both going to be challenging home games. But once again, it's a wonderful opportunity for us with such a young squad to take on these seasoned outfits and be able to put ourselves up there against the best now in round five. Life doesn't get any easier because you take on the Brisbane Lions at Frankston. It'll be the second year in a row that we've played them in Frankston. And this game is taking place on Sunday, the 1st of October at 3.05 p.m. And we get Bates and Bodie up against their old side. Yep.
1: And hopefully they are able to deliver the goods again. I'm not going to say I'm optimistic of the result, but it's obviously very early. Uh, I Again, those two will be such great additions. We're going to have seen it already for four weeks by that point, hopefully. But against their old side, it's going to be a really interesting one. And it's going to be a great way of measuring our progress because towards the second half of last year is where we started to really show what we were a bit. And I think it's going to be a great way of measuring how far we've come by seeing how we stack up against one of the best teams in the competition. The Lions have lost a lot of really good players. I'll give you a hint. I'll be aghast if they're not.
0: They've lost lost a ton of good players, and two of those are now in our team, Liam. So it'll be interesting to see what type of difference it makes for us. Now, round six, we take on the Saints at Moorabbin, and this is where we are moving away from teams who played in the finals. And this game is taking place on Saturday, the 7th of October at 3.05 p.m. And we think about it, the Saints did get the better of us in round two last year at Box Hill City Oval.
1: Yeah, they, were. They, however, were a much more experienced side. They dropped off massively in the second half of the year. But they've been a bit of a revolving door. They've lost some good players with Kate Shearlaw really headlining that. But they've also brought in Jesse Wardlaw and Steph Kiochi. So they are going to be... I would have rather played them in probably round two, to be honest, but before they have a bit of a chance to gel. But nonetheless, you get the team when you play them, you play who's in front of you. And this is... This is a game that I've got a big watch on. I think it's gonna be a really interesting battle at Marabon between us and the Saints. It's gonna be one it's gonna be one of our most interesting contests for the year. It's another one that I would say we're not favored, but is definitely winnable. But it's a lot's gonna depend on the first month of the season, obviously, to see how we stack up. And Absolutely. it's gonna be a fascinating battle, this one. Like I can't wait for this one. This is one of the high ones on my list of games to watch.
0: Absolutely. We'll have Jesse Wardlaw up against could be it could be uh, Emily Everest it could be Mackenzie Eadley could be Jenna Richardson who knows any of those three might um, go to and
1: I'm really hoping it's not Jenna Richardson just for size wise but we didn't have either Sherpa or Mac when we played Wardlaw last time so that's going to make a difference having your, your two main key defenders who can go with her no knock on Tegan Cunningham but Jesse Wardlaw is not thirty five. <laughs>
0: Now we move to round seven. We take on the Swans and this is a game where obviously it's an opportunity for the, to be able to win their first uh, AFLW game. It's being played at the infamous Henson Health Hazard, So Henson Park over in Western Sydney and it's taking place on Saturday, the 14th of October at 3.05pm. Yeah, this is probably
1: the only team I'm going to categorically say we are going into the game knowing we are better than them just with the nature of this competition at the moment. Chloe Malloy and Lucy McAvoy, great recruits for the Swans. But, I mean, it's we should be trying to win this game. They're going to sense blood in the water, potentially, depending on how they go in the first six weeks of the season. They might sense an opportunity to get their first ever win. But, and before we go on about that venue much further, I, we are led to believe that stadium has undergone significant renovations. And all I'm going to say is it had better have.
0: So what you're saying is they blew it up?
1: Um, I neither confirm nor deny my involvement.
0: <laughs> Round eight. And this is where we are going to be taking our game to Cairns. And it'll be the first time that points, uh, first time that game, sorry, is being played for premiership points. And we are hosting the Richmond Tigers. in this game is on Friday, the 20th of October at 7.45 PM.
1: Yep. that's going to be in eight weeks. Four opponents who played finals last year. We played this this lot last year and they were... Pretty good, it turned out. Um, Greta Bodie returns to where she first played Australian football. Uh, Caitlin Grozzi is a good, great recruit for them, and uh, that player named Monique Conti. She can play a little bit, so it's going to
0: be a fun battle, I think. Be a wonderful battle of that game, and obviously being played in Cairns, the conditions will be quite interesting as well. I think it's going to be sticky as all get out at six, at nearly seven PM on a. <laughs> Absolutely. It's Uh, going to be a
1: really fun place to not be playing.
0: (laughs) Round nine, and it's the last of our home games, and it's time for us to cut the power again with Port Adelaide visiting Kinetic Stadium in Frankston. We play this game on Sunday, the 29th of October at 5.05 p.m. And as we know, Liam, we got the better of Port Adelaide last year. We did. They were inaccurate,
1: but we forced them into bad shots. Like, we... I would comfortably say we were the better team that day. Um, by the way, for our best and fairest, that was the hardest game to give votes for, I think. we, You and I agreed on that. We had a, we both had a clear top three that took us like 30 seconds. And then I spent about an hour unmingling over my last two votes. But um, <laughs> we've got Ashley Saint, who you would know as Ashley Woodland from the Crows, who is the 2022 calendar year leading goal kicker. Um, that should go a long way to curing their issues with hitting the scoreboard. Uh, they've picked up some handy depth pieces after last year. I reckon this is going to be a really interesting battle. This is going to this this and St Kilda are probably my top two big games to watch. I would say these those two are going to be the most interesting games.
0: I think. Absolutely. So that will be one to watch, and that is the second last game of the season, which then brings us to the last game of the season, and we head down the highway to take on the Cats at GMHBA Stadium at this time. There is no time in terms of when the game will play be played because in round 10, obviously, they hold off similar to what they do in the AFL with the final round. And it's going to be another good side who uh, haven't quite done a, a lot, although Kate Sherman uh, will be a useful addition.
1: Yeah, I think they've actually they've been smart. Like, they haven't done a lot, which is fine. They really progressed a lot last year. Their midfield, especially, you know, Georgie Prosparcus and... Nina Morrison. Nina Morrison is probably the player outside of Rucks across the competition who I have the most irrational fondness for watching play. She is incredible, but um, actually it's not irrational. She's just really good at football. Um, but no, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be a good battle. It's going to be a good test playing against um, first game against a big men, a big rival from the men's team. So it's going to be it's going to be fun. And I think the fact that Cadinia Park is so narrow is going to be less of an advantage for them because of our Frankston experience but it's going to be a,
0: that's going to be fun absolutely it'll be interesting to see if by that state they have finished the renovations at the Cattery, because at the moment they were meant to have been finished and they're still no closer to being done course not <laughs> now Liam that brings us to the end of our look at the draw for season eight of the AFLW which is the second Season for our young Hawthorne team. And before we leave, we'll talk about uh, our socials. So in terms of the socials, HFC saw on both Twitter and Instagram and soaring to new heights on Facebook. Now, Liam, we can practically smell the season at this point. It's, uh, you know, it's got a lovely smell, almost like denker up and deep heat in a change room. And we're getting incredibly ready to ramp up the frequency because we cannot wait for season eight to begin.
1: Yep, those final preparations are ongoing. Timmy has that many documents and ideas on it at the moment. It's a bit ridiculous. So, yeah, we're really excited. We can't wait for Season 8. We don't think you guys will be able to either. Let's go.
0: Absolutely. If you haven't got your membership yet for the Hawthorne AFLW team, please make sure to jump on to the club's website. It's incredibly worthwhile to do so. Last season, we had over 5,000 members in our inaugural year, which is a wonderful achievement. I think it had its placed uh, very handily inside the top eight in terms of memberships for AFLW, and that was in our first season. Now with the additions of Greta Bodie and Emily Bates and also with the improvement we're going to see from our young guns, young guns including Fleming, Eardley, Pendles, uh, and also Baskaran. It's a wonderful opportunity, a wonderful time for you to jump on board. And we might also plug Talking Hawks in terms of player sponsorship here, Liam, because Talking Hawks do sponsor a player, and that player is the one and only Jasmine Fleming who wears the number five. She is a young gun of the Hawthorne AFLW team who was robbed of a rising star last season. But we know this season she is going to soar to new heights. So if you're interested in joining the player sponsorship and being able to take part in a number of exclusive events only available to people who are sponsors of AFLW players. Please make sure to jump on to the Talking Hawks website and sign up.
1: Plenty of good footy content over there as well about the men and the women. So do head over there. We play a bit of our trade there. but There's plenty there for you to enjoy. Podcasts, live streams, articles, you name it. It's there for the men and the women. And, yeah, we're getting really pumped for Season 8, so we can't wait.
0: Absolutely. So that brings us to the end of this episode of Soaring to New Heights. And until next time, go the Hawks.